Hi everyone, this is Wendy and welcome back to Overexposed, a podcast profiling ordinary people doing extraordinary things made by and for ambitious creatives. Today we are talking to filmmaker Lena Lee. In 2017, she made the switch from business school to study film at Ryerson University in Toronto. Just a year later, she founded 100% Human, a human-centric mini-documentary series sharing authentic stories and raw emotions, which is fiercely relevant in today's circumstances where physical connection is quite limited. We talked to Lena about what inspired her to change career paths by breaking free of traditional cultural stigmas and how she actively pursued the creative life that she had always dreamed of. Lena's story has truly inspired me, and I hope it will do the same for you as well. Thank you so much, Lena, for joining us today. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Wendy. I'm really excited to get into things. You started in business, and business and arts are often seen as kind of opposite sides of the spectrum. So why did you choose to go to business school first rather than starting out in film? Right. In high school, I was actually enrolled in an art school. Like I did film classes every day. However, going into university, um, doing something in the arts never even crossed my mind. It was never even part of the consideration. So when university applications came around, it just seemed like the next step to take was to apply for business schools. So all I applied for was eight business schools that I would like to go to. And my family also has a pretty strong like entrepreneurial like business spirit. So naturally, I thought I'd just follow my dad's footsteps and enter like a prestigious business school. And arts was the arts were like completely just none of part, not even part of the consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that must be super hard, especially if it's something that like you have a passion in, but you know that going into business is something a lot more practical, per se. So you started a few years in business school. Um, and what influenced you to make the decision to switch? Right. I remember, so I did, I was at Western studying business for uh, a year and a half. And in my second year, I finished the first semester and I decided to take a semester off to think, to think about if I want to keep studying business or if I want to try something new. And it was the summer after first year and I was a a videographer for a social media company and like they did like mobile apps here and there. And then there, all I did was like creative, like video projects, little commercials for them here and there. And I was kind of like on my own team. I did that. I created the ideas. I filmed. I edited. I, I was on my own schedule. And it didn't even feel like work. Like I know it was work, but it just felt like I was able to, like I got out what I put in. And this is what, what, I was really driven. And then it was also that same summer where I did collaborated with a YouTube channel called Jubilee, Jubilee Media. They have their annual uh, summer film fellowship in Los Angeles. So I was there for two weeks making a short documentary with them. And there I met people who are working in LA as full-time creatives, as full-time like, like, like filmmakers. And meeting those people who were like my mentors, but now they're my friends, hearing their story 
felt like, whoa, that's something that normal people like me, like to leave a conventional path mm-hmm. and go into the arts or the creative side, that's something I could also do. Because before it felt so far-fetched. It almost felt like like stories that you would mm-hmm. I would only hear from like documentaries of famous people or like just like biographies that I would read. But these are like people here with me who studied in business and decided to pivot and live mm-hmm. a different life. So then watching them do it, I was like, okay, that seed was planted within me. I think just simply acknowledging mm-hmm. that I wasn't really aligned with myself. I think that's a lot of the root causes of like feeling like I was in a rut. So long story short is I've been having this idea of perhaps I want to take a semester off for a while, but it wasn't until I visited a really cool media professor of mine during his office hours. Mm -hmm. And I came up with this analogy that I felt like a speck of dust floating in the wind because everyone else is floating in the wind in the general same direction. And I felt like I had Mm -hmm. no control. So I told my professor that, and he looked me in the eye. We lost eyes, and he told me that, Lena, you are the wind. And that just made the decision for me. I was like, okay, I'm going to Mm -hmm. take time off, and I'm going to think about what is it that I want to do as the wind of my own life. Wow. That's an amazing analogy. That Like, I never really thought of it that way. I think it's really smart what you did of you. First of all, it was the decision of, I don't really feel like I belong where I am. And then kind of doing an action to actually support that. We think a lot of people, if they don't feel like belong, and I know I experienced the same thing before uh, I also switched into media studies from business. It was, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and instead of being stuck there, it's like, what is the next actionable item that I can do within my reach um, to do this? Like, obviously you didn't drop out um, right away and was like, oh, this is like a store of the moment decision. Um, you kind of took that time to explore, like, who do I look up to? Who do I want to be like? And what did they do to get there? And I think that was a really smart decision to make rather than just kind of dumping everything uh, all together. Right. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I think like, it felt like in the moment that I'm leaving school for a bit and taking a semester off, not because I'm giving up on myself, but because I want to take the time and take in the sunlight and take in these nutrients mm-hmm. and take in the fertilizer and water myself to grow stronger after all. Mm-hmm, exactly. And it's so important to find people that you look up to and that you want to be like. And I think that's kind of the reason why I started this podcast as well. It's uh, to showcase that these people have done it and this is how they can do it to help people like hopefully us <laughs> in those positions afford <laughs> to realize, oh, these people can do it. So, so can I. Mm-hmm. Um, So in Asian cultures, there's often a stigma around pursuing arts over something more practical, as you mentioned before. Did you experience any doubt when you were kind of weighing the options between should I stay in business, which is something I already invested in, or should I take a like sort of a leap of faith? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think doubt is inevitable before making a decision and even now Mm -hmm. during making like different projects. However, I used to see there's three factors that I guess three parts of me that I identify I identify with one is being like Asian Canadian being Chinese Canadian in a way weaknesses in a way in today's society because like it's a minority group however when I started to make this decision and wanting to go into the arts I told myself that one day I'm going to make these 
my strengths. These are going to be the things that I identify with really proudly. I want to be a <laughs> like badass Chinese-Canadian female filmmaker and make that part of my identity that's rooted in my work. And it's nothing that makes me doubtful and ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good way to put it, like turning your weaknesses into strengths, because the easy way to do it is kind of look at your weaknesses and think this is the way it is. And I can't do something because I was handed this hand of cards. But I think that's really important what you mentioned, like thinking about it as this is what I'm not good at, but I can be better at it and I can be the best at it if I just keep working at it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, for sure. I think that in terms of like, weaknesses like in terms of skills but also like it's it's like it blows my mind to think that I wasn't um proud enough I guess of like what like being like Chinese Canadian like being minority and also being female wanting to create film because like now it's I embody it way more and it's like part of like it really is part of who I am and I once I feel more of just like embracing my who my true self really is I think from like my creativity expands and it like Mm -hmm. like it grows like exponentially because I'm not held back by exterior factors or what I think other people are holding me back Mm -hmm. by and also not held back by myself and also just like simply like risk it for the biscuit if I don't (laughs) do it now if not now when right it's going it's only going to get harder to mm-hmm. pursue later in life. Yeah. And I think the path to self-acceptance and uh, kind of embracing who you are is uh, easier said than done. And was there anything that you did to kind of move past that or kind of um, help you in the journey of embracing who you are? I think um, when I was 20, like during my semester off, I went on a solo trip to Iceland and um, a lot of people take these trips to find themselves, right? Like these trips mm-hmm. of self-discovery. And thinking back, like that trip itself was amazing. I don't know if it like, I, I don't want to sound dramatic and say that, oh, it changed my life, but it definitely made me feel more capable. But thinking back, I really think that life <laughs> isn't about finding yourself or finding things, but it's more so about creating yourself and creating things. So I think to answer your question, like simply put, is by doing. It's by doing that mm-hmm. I like figured out what is it that I want to do instead of just like halting here and stopping and think, oh man, who am mm-hmm. I? What do I do? And trying to find myself. So yeah, just by doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of pursuing it actively rather than passively. We don't really, like, we can kind of reflect and look intrinsically and kind of figure that out. But yeah, like what you mentioned about like being able to create yourself, like that's very liberating to think of it like that, that you're not confined to what you are right now, that you can always shape that and turn it into what you want. And it's something that can be worked on. Right, for sure. Definitely still a work in progress, but it's more so about like letting go of the end result Mm -hmm. of like, 
book creating. I feel like you probably relate. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Even for me, like when I first started, I had a similar story to you. When I was like, I'm going to move downtown. I'm still hanging on to this business degree right here, but I was like, I'm going to do four months of. I'll do two courses and then maybe try to get into as many concerts as I can, as to see if music photography was a thing, and or if it was just like a passion or something that I'll get over or a phase. But yeah, it's only by kind of taking that leap and being like, I'm going to try this and see where it goes. And if it doesn't work, that's okay. But at least I tried. Uh, so going into more um, of your work in film, for me, from an outsider, I see that there's so many moving parts of a film. So there's the directors, there's actors, and there's the camera operators. Um, how do you put everything together when you first starting out, started out making films? Okay. I strongly believe and like ask and you shall receive once I told people that I was like taking the semester off and hopefully seeking to do something in business I mean in sorry hoping to do something more creative and film related opportunities came and found me a friend Abby actually sent me an Instagram DM about this unsung voices program that's hosted by Real Asian Film Festival here in Toronto, it's a free filmmaking workshop for young filmmakers, aspiring filmmakers who lack the resources and the chance at making a film. So it was, it just so happened it was during my semester off. So I applied on a whim. And this workshop taught me the whole process of filmmaking that I wasn't even like very skillful of or fully aware of. So it went from like, brainstorming, ideation, to screenwriting, to casting, to directing, to editing, to even sound design. So this was during my time when I was still like hesitant about like whether I should go back to business school or by then I've already gotten my film offer from Ryerson or should I accept my offer? So I just let the process make the decision for me. I told myself if I like hate this process then I'll go back to business school and I won't complain anymore but if I'm fine with this even though it's like early mornings late hours and many like many many drafts of the same script then I'll probably be fine studying film but to answer your question I think there's so many moving parts in making a film it's obviously really important to learn about all the aspects so you understand the hardships of other people's jobs and you make it, you're more empathetic towards what other people are doing. But also it's like, I don't know every part of it. It's really truly in like the face of collaboration and like trusting. If it's my story, then first of all, trusting my vision and like my gut, my intuition towards it, but also like really trusting the people that I'm working with. Yeah, it's really important to kind of dive right in and kind of figure it out as you go because, yeah, you're not going to learn all the aspects of film, how to direct, how to control camera lighting right off the bat. I think it's like a very gradual process, I'd imagine. Mm -hmm, right. And I think the more like you're open to asking questions, like people are really willing mm -hmm. to help because they also started there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be super scary asking uh, when you're just starting out. But yeah, like you mentioned, like a lot of people 
in higher positions, they have been where you were before and they could see that they were once struggling or trying to figure everything out. So I find even for myself, when I reach out to people I looked up to, they're very empathetic of um, those who are really hungry to learn or not just want mm-hmm. something out of them, but actually genuinely want to get to know the craft. Right, for sure. Yeah. So your project on 100% Human is um, about how humans yearn for connections. Can you tell us a little bit about how this project started out? It was um, the summer of 2018. This was still during my, this was still like before school started, like during the semester I took off. And I remember sitting on a streetcar starting from Young Street all the way to Woodbine. I would say it's like more than 20 stops on the streetcar. And I encountered, I was just observing Mm -hmm. this blind man who was sitting in front of me. Like he was like visually like impaired, but he was very clear minded as he spoke to his walker, like his assistant about like meetings in Australia that they're having later that day. And what's going on in like the UK and just everything that's going on in their life. I had no idea like what he was talking about, but just like this pairing that I saw and I was observing, they were so intriguing to me. Person, I was just like a bystander sitting in the streetcar eavesdropping (laughs) on the conversation. I was too shy to actually like reach out and say like, hey, I would love to hear your story. But it was then and there, I told myself that now, especially that I'm in Toronto and I'm in a very a bigger city and I will be starting film at Ryerson, I want to create this documentary project almost as an excuse and outlet for me to meet people that I would maybe be a little bit shy to do so if I was just like sitting in a park, you know? So it, it satisfies my hunger, my purpose of human connections and curiosity to hear, not only hear, but also tell other people's stories. But also, yeah, it's just a perfect excuse for me to connect with people heart to heart. Yeah, exactly. I can imagine that can be super scary, like just approaching a stranger that you're intrigued by. But I think you can also be surprised at how uh, people respond to that as well. Mm-hmm. Right. People like are uh, people are usually like really surprised, first of all, and pleasantly surprised because people love talking mm-hmm. about themselves. And I love hearing people's exactly. stories because I can learn so much from like a five-year-old just as much as I can learn from like an 80-year-old. Exactly. Nowadays with the current circumstances, it's really hard to kind of, like even in public, if you see someone intriguing, it's kind of hard to be like, do I approach them right now? Am I getting too close? Uh, So do you see kind of like a relevance in today's circumstances where human connection is uh, a little bit more limited? Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think it's, Perhaps like trying to trying to be there for everyone, it seems it's like really it's impossible, right? Because we have to take care of ourselves first and foremost. But I think humans, at its core, we are all such social creatures, and being in isolation is not good for the mind, for the body, for the soul. So I think just simply like checking in on friends and like actually asking like how are you doing how are you feeling 
and like how is like mental health and having like an open space for people to talk about like how has the time been so yeah I think like especially in this time to be like connected not even not just like through the arts but also just like a one-on-one basis with friends and family is really important Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially um, now that you can't just like kind of make plans and see people in person, it takes a lot more deliberate effort to check in on everybody uh, and make and kind of maintain those connections. But then it also makes you kind of more appreciative of what you had before that you could just kind of hang out with people like whenever you want and just talk to anybody. Right. Yeah. It makes me like sad when I'm walking down the street on the sidewalk and we're we're all like masked up, which mm-hmm. we're supposed to. But then and people like before we can kind of smile and you see people smile. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not a proper conversation, you can like return a smile back. But now people just walk on opposite ends of the sidewalk mm-hmm. and sturdily like walk past each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something that we really didn't um, think of. I think at the beginning, but uh, now after a couple months, um, I think a lot of people have been starting to feel that kind of lack of human connection that they didn't see before. So I want to kind of hear more about your specific film, Waltz Flower, which I was personally touched by, and it profiled a man named David. So can you tell us a little about, about what inspired you to write this project? Well, thanks for the praise and the compliment. <laughs> Thank you. I met David at a ballroom competition that my sister was competing in and bring this old man, uh, this elderly man. And he kind of had problems even walking. So, but the moment that he stood on the dance floor, he dances so confidently with so much poise and passion. I'm like, whoa, he doesn't even walk too well, but he's dancing with all of his power. So I reached out to the dance studio owner and then which led me to like uh, meet David. So David is an 88-year-old dancer who started dancing when he was 81-year-old. On his 81st birthday, him and his wife divorced and he started dancing. So my intention to tell the story is... In simple terms that I think a lot of times passion, the word passion or this idea of passion is associated with young people. Like, oh, you're young, you have this passion, you can try new things. But as we get older, people tend to dole down the idea of passion and think that, oh, like, I'm a little bit too old to try this new thing. That's not the case at all. And just because, and in the case of David, like, just because one is aging it doesn't mean they stop living a passionate life it doesn't mean like fire for passion starts to die down and that's just something I wanted to remind myself of first and foremost and hopefully also send that message to the people watching this short documentary 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it really takes a lot of skill to be able to kind of see that in someone. Because I'd imagine the average person would just go to this ballroom competition and, oh, there's someone who is doesn't look like everybody else. But I think where creativity happens is like like you thinking about what's their story? Why are they like this? And what has what happened to them that has brought them to where they are right now? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's like mostly in anything creative or just as like a human. I think curiosity is what makes us feel a little bit more alive. And then from curiosity, it mm-hmm. it branches out to so many new possibilities. And I think it also serves as an inspiration to people that like uh, your film or something that you want to start doesn't have to be um, the next big um, blockbuster thing that like no one has ever heard about. Uh, like creativity and curiosity can stem from just every day and kind of just inquiring about everyday situations. Like you don't have to go across the country to create something amazing. Right. Yeah. And speaking of traveling um, right now, the pandemic has greatly affected a lot of people, including the creative industry. So people can't really go abroad and like you had before kind of take some time off and like travel or find inspiration elsewhere what are some of the ways that you've had to adapt to the current situations as a creative? Quarantine and isolation affects everyone differently. And especially for me being a, like I would consider myself a free spirit and definitely not a homebody. In the beginning months of quarantine, I felt like very safe and very privileged that I have a shelter over my roof and um, not exposed to the virus, but also like they're trapped in a way. And, but I took some time feeling that way. And afterwards, I just told myself, if I chose, if this is a free block of time that, and, and I chose to be here just to have like free time to think and to create, what would I be doing? If this was a choice, that I had all this like free time, what would I be doing? And I probably be reading more and I probably be writing more. So yeah, over the summer, my friend and I, we co-wrote a, my first feature um, screenplay, the first ever of many. I would say that I learned so much in doing it rather than like thinking, oh, this is like a great piece of work. So we did that, and I also some days it takes a little bit more willpower than others, <laughs> definitely. But I also applied for a contest working with the National Film Board of Canada. So starting mid October of 2020, I have a COVID film coming up with coming out with National Film Board of Canada. It's a short film. Um, about a candid conversation between my mom and I shot completely at home just by myself. So really trying to take the best out of this crazy situation. Wow. That's amazing. Like it's definitely a fine line. A lot of people I think struggle between, Oh, taking this time to kind of um, slow down and really think and take a break versus there's also, um, I'm sure a lot of people cycled through these. I know I have. And then going through phases where it's like, I have all this free time. I should be productive. I should be doing all these things because I normally wouldn't have this time. But yeah, I think 
having that underlying compassion for yourself and taking time when you need, but also when creativity sparks, that's a great way to kind of take advantage of it now that not everything is going on. But that's so exciting to hear that um, something amazing for you has come out of this. Thank you. Yeah. And oh, I'm just also like telling you the highlights of it. But definitely, there are definitely low lights where you just have to take it like slow. And I've been practicing yoga and trying to really put myself in the present and thinking about just truly like living more so in the now because I've been such a future and goal oriented person my whole life. And I never saw any flaw in it. I always thought, you know, like this is how. Um, society is this is like praise when you have goals and you're always reaching for goals but quarantine has really forced me to be in stillness and just reflect on a probably more sustainable way of living which is like appreciating the now more for sure like I can totally relate like being goal oriented and always working for the next thing and when all of a sudden that's halted it's really hard to adapt and kind of figure out (laughs) what's next And what are some of the ways that you have stayed inspired in your craft during this time? Instead of like creating much on my own, which is really difficult during this time, I've been trying to learn from like other filmmakers a lot, just learning about like different directors, like directing process or the like the way they work with their actors, different types of techniques and tools that they would use. And even for writers, like what is the way that they write like how do they start do they start with an idea first or an image or like characters and traits and just different approaches that people do things differently because I think for me like being so young and inexperienced I only I only know the surface level what I know Mm. but being able to like the internet is amazing to be being able to see like how other people do their work Even if I don't follow their footsteps, at least I'm more inspired and think, oh, that's a different approach. That's interesting. So that's something I've been trying to do and just like learn on my own time. Yeah, I think that's really cool being able to kind of study the paths of people that you look up to, because like you mentioned, even if you don't do exactly what they do and nothing's certain, like just because they did something doesn't mean it'll work for you, but at least studying the paths of all these people in aggregate can give you a general idea of um, what are the possibilities and kind of just having that background knowledge to help you make a more informed decision moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and just wrapping up, are there any upcoming projects that you're working on that you're super excited about? I know we touched on a few. Yes, for school this year, even though classes are all online, but we are still making a documentary project as part of our school project. And for this, I'm making a experimental documentary on isolation. So it will be using I will be using voices from twelve strangers that I interview um, a mix between on the streets, but also if I'm being more safe, we'll probably also find people online to host like chats about just like their experience with quarantine isolation and then pairing that with uh, abstract visuals, like objects that really, that are evocative and stimulate those emotions that people are talking about. So I guess in a way what I'm trying to do is a bit of a paradox of finding connection through isolation because it's definitely something I've experienced 
And I know everyone has been and also had their own experience about. Yeah, that's wow. That sounds super exciting. And I'm sure a lot of people can definitely relate to it nowadays. So really important to kind of put out these kind of things that really connect with people and kind of just show them that everyone's kind of going through this in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So for people who are listening, um, where can we find you online and and where can we find your work? Mm-hmm. Right, uh, 100% Human is a Facebook page. So if you just go to facebook.com backslash 100 human, you'll find um, this mini documentary series that Winnie and I are talking about. And also on Instagram, I am at Lena the Creature. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much, Lena, for taking the time to chat with me about your story. I was super inspired by the way that you really crafted your own life and had the confidence and courage to be able to pursue what you really wanted. Thank you, Wendy, for inviting me. I'm really, I'm really, it's like such a pleasure, really. It's been a long time. Oh, thank you. I find your story super inspiring and I know it'll be able to resonate with a lot of people listening. So.